With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rails preview show in conjunction with the Reading Chronicle. I've been joined by Nat, Matt Joy to talk about our match that's coming up this weekend at Preston North End and also have a look back at the action during the week. So how are you doing, Matt? Very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Sun's out. Can't complain too much, all things considered. Uh, and obviously was perked up by a fantastic performance in the midweek as well. Yeah, let's talk about that match against Coventry. A pretty convincing display there. Nervy 15 minutes, maybe the opening, but apart from that, really good. Yeah, I think you, you summed up pretty perfectly there. I think John Swift was absolutely sublime all night. Um, obviously got subbed off later on, but that assist for the first goal, you would probably be talking about that now if it wasn't for the free kick in the second half it was that the, the the assist was that good that it would be worth discussing on its own but obviously it was overshadowed in the best way possible with one of the best goals that I can remember seeing in the flesh at the Madeski for a number of years it's been one of my one of the most frustrating things in my life was the Gareth McCleary volley against Burnley I was actually looking at my phone checking the scores oh. when that went in so I missed that one but I did see the swift one and I think that's the best one I remember for a while no, it was, it was, as you said, it was a, a pretty pretty stellar performance all round defensively, really, really good. thought McIntyre especially had a great game. Uh, and yeah, it was pr- pretty routine and comfortable in the end, given that commentary went down to 10, but really just, you know, saw out well. Pretty much the perfect game. It would have been rounded off if Bulldog had put that chance home, but such as life, 3-0, you can't complain. Yeah, that free kick has got to be i mean it's ridiculously early a contender for free kick of the year in the efl championship I, mean, I just couldn't believe he was actually going to shoot from there i mean he must have known he was coming off at that point he thought well mm. why not let's give it a go yeah so the the mic drop moment yeah it was it was astounding i mean he, it was kind of one of those free kicks you think he's not quite got the angle to cross it he's a little bit far out to mm. shoot what's he going to do with it but as you said he just maybe had, had a thought of why not? You know, why not give it a crack? Two goals to the good at that point. Uh, you know, a man advantage. Perhaps it might not be one you'd try if you were one nil down with five minutes to go. Yeah. But uh, he, he's certainly given something to for uh, Poundovich to think about in terms of his free kick takers. With obviously Elise and Najari perhaps had been above him in the pecking order. Whether that may uh, may change in the coming weeks, we shall we shall see. Yeah, fine selection of free kick kick takers. There can't speak there for a moment. Really, <laughs> um. Uh, kind of nice for us because you've gone for so many years with set piece issues and now it's take your pick isn't it i mean it is. set up ones you've had swift elise i mean i still think elise is top but i mean what a great combination we've got there yeah i think you, you could definitely argue that uh, elise is top but you think of some of the some of the goals that swift has scored i remember one against uh i think it was birmingham in the cup a few years back uh another you know sublime effort into the top corner it's a, it's, as you said, it's a very nice problem to have, and the fact that that's what we're we're discussing is uh, shows that the club are in a, a good place at the moment. Yeah, totally. And Lucas Jow being Mister Jow, as he was through the, out the whole of the season, fantastic finish. 
and a brilliant assist, which obviously over mm. the jar it definitely means to dummy. I've been through this many times. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, I think I, it, I think it, it, it fantastic. He must have had a shout from uh, from Renamoto running in behind. I think that, that's got to be the only uh, the only excuse for it. Yeah, no, the first goal showed everything that I think we've said it numerous times on this pod that it showed everything that's good about Lucas Shaw. He had the intelligence to make the run, which he was doing all game. He was making some fantastic runs, all of them perfectly timed. Didn't always get picked out, but showed the intelligence to get into the position the strength to, to hold off his man and then the composure and the technical ability to finish it off. And then, as you said, the, the hold-up play for the assist, it was, looked like he was going nowhere, but it sort of had a sixth sense of, I've got a man or two in behind. And, you know, although Ajaria did perhaps fluff his line somewhat, it was an inch-perfect pass to Ajaria on the spin. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, he is just such a good player. And, and it, that's I think you may have put it out on, on the Elm Park rules or it may have been another fan account, but... You, I pose the question of he's the best striker since. I'm not sure if that was yourself or Talk Reading, but you look back and you think this season, especially, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to sort of in the Medeski era. Could you argue that anyone's had a better campaign? Maybe Doyle in the 0506 and Kits and that sort of around that mark. But since then, I think for the last sort of ten years or so, I don't. I've never gone to a game and thought, you know, you're expected a player to score as opposed to hope he would for a, to this extent for a, for a long while. Yeah, I think he's very similar to Kitson in many ways, yeah. but also better than Kitson in some ways, which is hard to believe. It's the consistency, though, and also Kitson did it in the Premier League, so let's not take that away. Yeah, very true. So very I do true. think that kind of like going into the next game, Panovic has got so many options there now, hasn't mm. he? Unfortunately, Elise went down with an injury how do you think that's going to work out for him? Didn't look too bad when he went, he sat in the stands, though. No, I mean, we, we spoke to Panovic after the game and it was kind of mixed messages because he said it could be a, a long-term one, but he it, it came off and it didn't look too bad. So it was kind of, it, it was, it was you know, a bit of a tough one to kind of gauge where he was at. But at that point, we spoke to him kind of, it must have been about 20 minutes after the full time of whistle had gone. So he hadn't had the time to obviously get the feedback from the uh, from the medical staff. And I think Elise was having a scan on Wednesday. So we should find out after you know, speaking post-match, hopefully to Panovic tomorrow, a bit more about the extent of that injury. He, he said that may have an impact upon transfer plans. Um, you know, it's throwing a bit of a spanner in the works. He did say that, or he alluded to, I asked him, you know, what, what are the numbers you're looking to get in when what areas you're looking to strengthen? And it was very much another man in defence and another man up top. Um, without Elise, it may be he might prioritise a different area. I'm not sure whether that would be necessary, uh, especially with Yakumate back soon, hopefully. Um, but it, it, yeah, it'll be it, it, it's a bit too early at the point of we're recording this to tell the extent of the injury, but fingers crossed it's it's not. Not a long one because, you know, leading the assist charts in the championship, that's not a man you want out for any length of time, really. No, not at all. And he's looking, uh, maybe he had a slightly quiet game against Coventry, but over the whole season, he's been fantastic. And no one can doubt that. Mm. I've seen quotes from Alex Neil saying already, the Preston North End manager, saying that our front four is as good as anything that you'll find in the championship. I can't disagree with that. Can you, Matt? No, no, I... The, Perhaps you look at maybe Brentford, uh, maybe Norwich. Well, you mm. know they, they've got real technical ability in the forward areas, but and Bournemouth probably as well. 
you could you could throw into the mix. Um, you know, I'd up there with those though. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Right. By by all means, yeah. I I I, yeah. I don't think that. I think you know with a with a blue and white glasses on. You know, oh. you'd, yeah, you'd argue Reading, and I'm sure you know the yeah. respective sports from those clubs would, would argue that they've got a sure. bit more. But yeah, I think in Lukashow, arguably you've got the, the the best striker in the championship this season. Um, and then I think that what you alluded to there that Elise had a quiet game. The fact that someone who's got the most assists in, as I said, in the championship this season, can have a quiet game. And others stepped up. I thought Ovia Jari was really, really good. Uh, hit the post, obviously. Perhaps could have slipped in, but uh, slipped in Zhao. I think it was at the back post. But, you know, he was tracking. He was. He really looked fired up for it. So the fact that you've got players now, as I said, Mate coming back, but you've got players now that can step up and, and fill that gap if someone has a quiet game is a, is a really promising sign. Yes, totally. And Ovia Jairus had maybe a little bit of a quiet spell. I don't think he's been awful or anything. I think he's been simmering at sixes and sevens, which is, you know, fine. I don't think he's been anything below that. He will mm-hmm. come good again. I have no oh, doubt yeah. that he's got too much ability. It just yeah. kind of, I see him and I see a player in transition. Maybe in two years' time, he'd have reached that real height. And he'd learn yeah. those little moments like the jam. And he's, who can blame him for having him a shot there? He passes mm-hmm. that to jam and it's probably a goal. But then you look at the amazing footwork that he oh, uses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that goes in, you're, you're, you know, that's going to be on highlight reels for, for months to come. Yeah. yeah. I, it, maybe he has been a bit quieter this year. Um, I think at the start of the year, he was really good. He, he might have just dipped a little bit in recent weeks, but or sort of over the last month or so. I think maybe a part of that might be down to the fact that given the injuries we had, it was kind of a he wasn't he was pretty much a guaranteed start most weeks he didn't have that the you know the pressure to perform now swift's back aluko i think's been playing well in recent weeks yakumete coming back sooner rather than later um perhaps that might might incentivize him to kick on a little bit as i said i i haven't seen you know any sort of distance covered stats but it wouldn't surprise me if his distance covered in the week was a lot higher than with some of the other games he, he really looked up for it um yeah, I mean, he's he's not. I don't think he's ever dipped below a kind of you know. When I grade the players, I always think five is is straight down the middle, bang average as it should be. I don't think I've ever graded him b- below that, maybe a four once or twice. But he's he's never had a shocker, so to speak. He's just sometimes he's been a bit quieter, and often with players like Ovi Jaria, you know, the opposition know about their qualities and they will double up or even triple up, and you know. He has no in certain games, you know, he just has no space to do anything with the ball. And his incredible intricate footwork sometimes can't he just doesn't have the time to to really put it into practice because he is crowded out a lot. But yeah, a really promising sign for, especially from him on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, you mentioned Tom McIntyre earlier and Last week, he was talking about the possibility of a redemption month because these are all the teams that we lost to with Coventry and Preston. Preston were playing on Sunday. Against Preston at home, he had a pretty horrible performance in that game. But the way he has developed since that game shows the character of Tom Magda, also the ability Mm -hmm. as well. I think this is going to be a really big match for him because... I think he wants to wipe that one out. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Yeah. So hopefully he will. I mean, he's been really good in the last month or so, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he really has stepped up in Liam Moore's absence. I think he's he's shouldered that extra responsibility really, really well at the heart of defence. He's helped by Michael Morrison, who I will continue to praise, you know, until until uh, until I'm blue in the face because he's been absolutely 
spectacular this year. He's such a rock at the heart of that defence. But yeah, McIntyre has, has really stepped up. I think his athleticism is really, really impressive. His his uh, how he reacts to forward balls. He always seems to be there to close down, there to you know mop up the pieces. And yeah, I think probably since maybe to, you know the start of December, since Moore's injury. Uh, I think McIntyre, he, he might not have had the best start to the campaign. I think it is, as you alluded to, the game against Preston and a few other appearances, he was kind of a bit of a bit part player and he was coming off the bench and that might have frustrated him. But perhaps even since the goal he scored, you know, that, that fantastic goal uh, at the end of last year, he, he has really kicked it up a notch and he's, he's shown what perhaps we were expecting him to be sort of at the end of last year. I think the end of last year, he thought, right, he's going to go on next year and really stamp his authority on the team and you know be a, one of the first names on the team sheet it's not quite gone that way but it's it's all the signs are now pointing in the right direction yeah totally um great singer written fan in the team yes you know, Tom Holmes. but we've talked about that a lot mm-hmm. let's look at preston they are 19th in the home table yes that to me is looking quite good as an away team we are six in the away match league table some guy, a new set. One of those. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I'm thinking this is going to be a win for us. What are you saying, Matt? Yeah, I think uh, you know, unbeaten in four, ten points out of twelve. You you think all the signs are pointing towards a Reading win. Preston haven't had the best home form this year, but I remember when we played them last year at Deepdale, just after Christmas, I think it was, or just it was around that period. That I think they had had the best home record in the division when we went up there. And uh, I remember the long drive up and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a tough afternoon. And we blew them out of the water. So whether you can look at those tables too much, I think it's a, it's a nice incentive and it's nice. Give to, me hope, Matt. I'll give you a bit of comfort and I'll, I'll always <laughs> reference them as well. But, you know, they, they're not always uh, no, ultra they're not. reliable. But I, I think, yeah, I, even if Elise, you know, in Elise's absence, I think we're starting to get the, you know, the players are starting to, come back from long-term injuries. I think Yeardom's playing as we speak for the under 23s. Um, so yeah, I think all the signs are pointing towards that, the rejuvenation and that, you know, the new, uh, the new period of hopefully what we saw at the start of the season. So I'll, I'll back a, an away win. And I think it's, I think it may end up being quite similar to the Huddersfield game. Um, so I'm going to go with the same score line. I think it'd be 2-1 to Reading. Yeah, I'm going for the same scoreline as well. Um, what I would really love to see is a bulldog goal at some point. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I'd love to see him come off the bench and maybe make that yeah. three instead. He needs yeah. that one during the week. You could feel it almost in his brain, just the pressure was building. Yeah, yeah, no, you could. Yeah. He, he, I think it was Tetek who played him in, hmm. um, and he sort of had a, maybe 30 yards to run in on goal. And I was just sitting there, you know, watching it. And I was thinking, oh, please, just please. He deserves yeah. it because, you know, he's not has he's not had the season he would have hoped to. And, you know, he's had a lot of flack on social media. And if a striker doesn't score goals, that's sort of par for the course. But you can never doubt his, um, you know, his, his enthusiasm and his effort and his work rate. But, yeah, it was it was as soon as it gone in, you just thought, oh, you know, that's such a shame because he's not going to get a better chance than that. Um but you know how how good would it be if he he was the match winner in in an important game? I think as much as it would have been lovely to score see him score the fourth and mm. you know against ten men, if we saw him come off the bench and get a late goal to to seal the points, I think the lift that would give everyone because he seems like a very popular guy. You know he's trusted with the captain's armband against uh, Luton in the cup. 
he seems like a popular man amongst the uh, amongst the players. Very very nice uh, guy as well. You know, always speaks really well to the press. So I, I yeah, I'd love to see him get an important goal, not just a goal, but a, a really important one. That'd be great. It would be great. We'll be back with the watch along on Saturday, so you can watch us uh, watching the game, have a listen, come in with your in, interactions and comments. Also, we'll have a podcast straight after full time. So, cheers for joining us, Matt. My pleasure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right then, now we are joined by Josh Knowles for our look at the opposition view from Preston North End fan site from the Finney. That's quite a mouthful saying from and then from the Finney, isn't it? Yeah. But apart from that, how you doing, Josh? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So you must be enjoying the fact that you picked up a win uh, against Birmingham City the other night. Yeah, yeah, it was a um, was pretty horrible conditions. To be fair, um, it was it was really bad pitch. Um, with obviously two teams playing on it, but um, yeah, second half we really stepped it up. Um, played some good stuff actually. Um, got a very good goal, and it could have been could have been two or three. But uh, yeah, we managed to hold on and get the three points. Yeah. So now you're one win in the last three games. Do you think Preston are picking up from like their kind of slowest starts of the season because they were really good away all season? But what's happening with the home form as well? To be fair, throughout most of 2020, we was really bad at home. Um, we started off last season. We had probably the best home record in the league. And then as soon as it hit New Year, we just kept losing and losing. And then um, throughout that lockdown period of last season, I think we picked up two wins at home, which really knocked us out of the playoffs. Um, and then this season, we started off again. We were winning every game away and just couldn't pick up a win at home. I don't know what it was. Um, a lot of people used no funds, but I mean, it's the same for everyone. So it's not really an excuse, but... Um, yeah, that seems to have evened itself out now. So hopefully we can build on it. What do your fans, uh, Preston, think of your manager, Alex Neil? Because he's been there quite a long time now, hasn't he? Yeah, recently um, he's been getting a lot of stick. Um, I think it's more frustration with the club than him. And I think naturally football fans just go straight for the manager. Um, I've given him stick personally, um, but a lot of people are calling for his head every time we lose now. But then, because we're being very inconsistent at the minute, it's one win here, a loss there. It's sort of back and forth whether to have me or not. But I think for the future, he is is the best we're gonna we're ever gonna get at North End. We're we're never gonna get some amazing manager. So. Um, yeah, I think his biggest frustration is um, he hasn't got much of a plan B. So we have a go into games and 
if he's tactically outdone the manager we're playing against, it it works. But if it hasn't started well, it doesn't seem to get better. It's just sort of become sort of damage limitation. It's like if it's not going right first 20 minutes, it doesn't seem to go right at all, which is frustrating. But he's still a young coach. Um, I think he'll get better and better. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with Alex Neal, but I know a few fans aren't. Do you think it's a lack of options, though, that maybe you've got like a squad depth? I mean, that's something that we've definitely got uh, Reading. I just wondered if it's, mm, is it a tactical things that he's not doing or substitutions or has he just not got the options? Yeah, the squad's become very stale. Um, we've, I think we made two transfers in 18 months. So that's why this window, we've, we've had to go for it. We've had to make, I think we made four transfers in the space of four days. Um, we had to because... The squad's become it's just the same and everyone's starting to figure us out um so he's when we played wickham in the cup he played a lot of the players and after the game when we got battered he just said that's why they're not playing and i think we'll see a lot of them leave now um that's what you get you know, straight up so yeah definitely he's got a lack of options he's sort of got a starting 11 which is top half quality and then he's got a bench and reserves that are pushing legal on quality. It, it's poor, but hopefully we'll get a few more players in and see where we go from there. On that point, if there's any one player you could pick from Reading FC in historical times or maybe from now, which one would you like to take from our squad possibly and play for Preston? Um, definitely Lucas Yao. This season, I mean, he scored for against us before for Chef Wednesday, um, and this season he just he just got everything on. He's fast. He's he can win headers. He's everything we're crying out for at the minute. Um, we've just signed a striker, but I think it'll be a few years before he sort of reaches the form that Zhao was doing. Um, so yeah, I think at the minute we're probably crying out for a, a fifteen plus goal season striker. So yeah, definitely Lucas Zhao. Yeah, he's been exceptional this season for us. Um, thankfully, he's not been injured quite as often. That's been his biggest issue. But if you could pick out a game against us as well that you can remember fondly um, against us, I would predict it's probably going to be one from this season when you beat us 3-0 maybe, Josh, or maybe it's a different one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was uh, It was one of the first games we got to see our new striker, Um yeah, it was his first goal anyway for us. Um, but the way he stretches the game, Emil Reese is something no one for North End can do. Um, and he definitely he was the one that won the penalty against you, which Daniel Johnson missed, which is very unusual for him. Um, and then he got himself a goal. Um, but yeah, it was just a complete performance, really. Uh, we managed to limit you, which we weren't expecting, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was strange that being a Redden fan because we had chances to go ahead as well. That was a really end-to-end -end match and you did win 3-0, but you also had Scott Sinclair who gives Redden fans absolute nightmares after the playoff final when he scored all those goals against us when he was at Swansea. He obviously scored again during the week against Bergen City. He's got eight goals this season. He's doing a fine job there, isn't he, for you? He's... Scott Sinclair's a weird one. We described him 
um, for from the Finney. We've described him as a moments player, and Alex mm. Neal's actually used it as well. Um, and what I mean by that is he goes missing for seventy minutes, does absolutely nothing. Like he will not touch the ball once, and then he just pops up in the middle and he'll score two goals. And it's like you don't know where it's coming from because he's just not touched the ball. But yeah. whenever he does get a chance, he scores. And that's something no fan have not had. We've never had someone clinical since Joe Garner back in League One. So it's it's he's improved a lot, and I think he'll probably get about fifteen season, which is brilliant. Let's hope he doesn't pick out one of those moments on Saturday, Josh. That's all I can say from my point of view anyway. I don't want to see that on Sunday, actually, isn't it? But what are your kind of expectations for Preston for the rest of the season? Do you think you'll make a playoff push or maybe just miss out? Um, I think it matters how this window goes. Um, we're in dire need of centre-backs. Um, it's unclear what's going to happen with uh, I'm not too sure if you know about the contract rebel situation. Basically, we have Ben Pearson, Ben Davis, uh, Daniel Johnson, and Alan Brown out of contracts. Alan Brown signed on. Um, Daniel Johnson and Ben Davis, it's sort of up in the air. And Ben Pearson said he's leaving. Um, so if we don't keep Davis this window, we're in trouble at the back because uh, Patrick Bowers out for the season. Uh, Jordan Story's not really up to it at the minute. And then Paul Huntington um, is pushing on a bit now. He's still putting in good performances, but obviously we need another one. Um, we've been linked with Sonny Bradley from Luton. Um, I think he'd be massive for us, but whether we'll get him or not, I'm not too sure. But yeah, I think I think playoffs might be a bit too far for us this season. In previous years, I've said, yeah, we'll push for it. But after the start we had and sort of the disruption with all these contracts. So I think we at the start of the season we had something like 17 first team players out of contracts. Like it was ridiculous. Um but yeah, I'd probably say around mid table. I don't think we'll be any danger of going down, but I think playoffs might be a bit too far unless we pull off another five or six signs this window, which I can't see happening. Yeah. No, have you managed to end up with 17 players out of contract? That is quite incredible, isn't it? Because I've noticed that and I just think there's something wrong there with the management of the club, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah, it's that's what I mean by coming stale. I think teams have massively figured us out. For the for the first sort of five or six games at Deepdale, teams have just come in, play five at the back against us, sit back realise that we have absolutely nothing to create chances and then after 40 minutes they'd attack and the only team that came to Deepdale and actually attacked was Coventry and we beat them <laughs> so it's, it's sort of if you sit back against us and play a bit what's you know known as negative you, you usually come away with a result from North End but um, yeah Okay, well, let's hope this happens for Redden. So what is your prediction going to be for Sunday's match then? How do you think it's going to go? I've gone with 1-1. One, one. Um, I can't see us doing the double over here. We don't do doubles very often. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with stalemate. Okay, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Reading. You can understand that with the run that we're on and everything in our form. Um, I'm going to go Lucas Jow. Because he scored against you last season as well. I'm going to go, yeah, 
that's what I think it's going to be. We'll see how it goes, though. But thanks for joining us, Josh. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Cheers.